0: Before there was IMDb.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989.
2: No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. <laughs> Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies.
0: Yeah. This is $2 Late Fee with
2: Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we
0: loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show.
2: Hey, I got to be honest with you, dude. I am really excited about this interview with Darren Dalton.
0: Oh, yeah. This one was like, what do we call it? Like an auspicious coincidence of sorts? Yes. Because when we recorded our original Red Dawn episode a hundred years ago, we didn't know <laughs> who our guest was going to be. Um, but I I don't think we could have asked for a better a better guest for our show like i he was wonderful i i was i was blown away i love those interviews where we just kind of like get on the line we get on the old horn and it's just like talking to an old friend those are my favorites yeah and this one was yeah likewise this one was like that to the max baby yeah from
2: the minute we started the interview he it was it was like three guys hanging out having a conversation about the good old days of the 80s and, and, and just big smiles and positive energy and Darren told great stories about the Outsiders and Red Dawn and best times <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah for those not familiar I mean Darren plays uh, Daryl in Red Dawn who um, student body president um, one of those characters that you kind of love to love to hate you know, in a way, and, um, and, of, and of course, he also plays Randy uh, in The Outsiders, which was uh, his first uh, feature film, along with the rest of Hollywood at that time, young Hollywood Seriously. in the 80s. Yep. Everyone wanted to be in Francis Ford Coppola's The Outsiders. And he got to celebrate his birthday with the cast
2: of The Outsiders. That was a fun story.
0: That is right. And that's a story that, that our, our lucky audience will hear. Absolutely. They're going to hear
2: a lot of great stories from Darren throughout our interview. It's cool. It's like he he's had a wild ride from being in some really great movies from the 80s and, and writing and teaching and uh, being a father and just a lot to share in a short amount of time.
0: Yeah. For somebody who gets like a lot of success quickly at a young age, he is you know, he's so grounded, um, as, as a human being, which is, is really amazing. And I, and I will say too, I feel like we've been very, very fortunate with all of our guests that we've had on the podcast, you know, this past year, um, you know, some 15, 16, 17, 17 guests that we've, we've been so fortunate as far as people being open and receptive and kind of vulnerable in good ways. And just like really hearing about, about all the stuff, which I love just like the the highs and the lows and the experiences, and sometimes it's behind the scenes, and sometimes it's, sometimes it's just like, here's a little here's a little tidbit of something you might not know uh, about your your favorite movie or your favorite character, and so uh, yeah, so today we got we got more of that that goodness, the goodness from
2: Darren Dalton, <laughs> the whole kit and caboodle, <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Darren Dalton goodness, as we are now calling it.
2: So without further ado, we present
0: to you the one, the only,
2: Darren Dalton. Enjoy. Darren Dalton, thank you so much for being on $2 Late Fee.
1: Of course. Are, are you kidding? I paid enough $2 Late Fee's. I should be a co-host. <laughs>
0: oh my goodness. Well,
1: yeah, depending Please. on how this
0: goes, we, we'll, we'll talk. We'll draw up a
1: contract. <laughs> Back in the day, I kept Blockbuster in business for a while.
2: uh, Yeah, I I would say I zeroed out a lot of $2 late fee charges on girls that I (laughs) fancied when I was working at the video store.
1: You well. want me to take care of that late fee for you? You got it. Nice. I love it. I love it. You worked there. That's fantastic.
2: I, I worked at a video store called Video Man and um and and video. Dustin worked at a, a legit Blockbuster.
0: I, I worked at Blockbuster, but I felt like we were limited to how many late fees we could just take off before we had to go to a manager and then it was like a weird thing, you know. Like I was I was probably authorized to take off like two dollars and sixty cents or something. Yeah, you had to get a
2: uh, someone to
0: sign off on Yeah, it. and then I'd be like, I need a manager for this four dollars. Yeah.
1: I miss Indiana. the smell of Blockbuster, though, don't you? Oh, I miss yeah. oh, the smell of it. That's a great! That just just
0: a, those microwave popcorn that's
1: bags. A great point.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then they had those bucket of popcorns that you could stick in the microwave. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Please put the Reese's up by the uh, counter. That that worked for me.
0: Re- oh yeah, that i good yeah. to go. There there are many places that have distinct smells, and I think uh, Blockbusters and like airports to me are like the two. Yes. And a yes, foot, and a foot uh, locker. <laughs> yeah. The smell of a footlocker. Yeah. Uh, the, the
2: things mm. we didn't, the things we could think about before COVID hit. So uh,
1: that's right. So, oh, yeah, right. We we miss anything other than our own houses right now. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, well, truly. so
2: we are recording on quite possibly one of the most historical days of uh, recent times. Um, yeah, what
1: happened? Is something going on? Something going on, we something heard going a, on Zach? A,
2: a rumor
0: that uh, Blockbuster's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> they
2: just announced it and
0: they're all coming back. Seventy-five franchises across the county.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, good, good day here. I mean, uh, I woke up to about four inches of snow. I'm in the mountains up above LA, so I woke up to about four inches of the first snow of the year. Got a little coffee going, got a little fire in the fireplace, you know. Bow,
2: glorious. Are you in Big Bear?
1: I'm, not, I'm in I'm in Little Bear. I'm oh, in yeah. a place called Wrightwood. So I'm like just uh, just towards the LA side of Big Bear. Oh, yeah, glorious. you can go up another thousand feet to Big Bear. It's beautiful.
2: Um, that's a that's a great way to start your
0: day. And I'm glad you're joining yeah. us. Do you, and do you uh, yeah. do you like have a place up there? Or are you just visit Like renting for the? I've place? lived
1: up here for seven years now. Oh, you know man. the thing about it is I can be in a, I can be in Beverly Hills in about an hour and twenty minutes, and yeah. uh, it, I'm I'm five minutes from Mountain High Ski Resort so the winters are kind of fun and it's uh it's it's a little it's away from the rat race you know it's a little more creative for me up here and uh you know, I got a I got a seven-year-old and a wife to go with him and all that stuff. So, you know, we just were... were...
0: Oh, you got the wife to go with him. I got.
1: Yeah, I got the whole set. Came,
0: came with the wife, I see. It was the two-pack. Yeah. So he he yeah, could have got, got the... the <laughs> right, you could buy the seven-year-old solo, but... He oh, yeah, got the two-pack exactly. with
2: the, uh, the <laughs>
0: ATV vehicle that comes with it. Uh...
1: That's right. That's right. But, uh, no, I love it up here. I, I lived in, you know, I lived in Los Angeles for a long time and uh, just kind of needed a little bit of getaway, maybe, you know, especially once the kid came around. Around, yeah. I was like, okay, let's let's find someplace a little quieter.
2: So you return to the woods where yeah. obviously as a Wolverine you spent a lot of time and <laughs> you like that? No, I'm kidding. I'm this, not immediately this, is very, this is a very this is a very
1: red dawny type of day up here actually, because it was cold the whole time oh, there. Okay. It was yes. very cold.
2: Oh my gosh. I mean, obviously we'll get into that in a minute, but hmm. um you've got a seven year old kid, seven year old son?
1: Yeah. Yep, seven year old son.
2: I am the parent a, of a six-year-old son, and uh, we are very much into GI Joe right now and everything retro. So uh
1: Yes. Mine is like just insert Minecraft in there, and you've got my my kid. Oh, it's just yeah. pretty much it's all about Minecraft right now.
2: It's kind of a life changer, I'm not gonna lie.
1: Minecraft. Well, I, uh it was an absolute yes, yes. Once I discovered those ocean monuments I was in. Um I, I uh I, I, you know what it 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 completely altered the whole trajectory for me man i i i love being a father so much it opened my eyes I waited a long time to do it you know and it, yeah. it was a it's a good situation it's a tough thing here now with the lockdown pandemic situation I kind of had to be a seven year old especially yeah. last uh, this this last summer I feel um, you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so i mean i, I it, that was actually fun but uh it's 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 tough for him not to just be able to go out and play with the friends and things like that.
2: Well, let's hope that the yeah. the light at the end of the tunnel is uh, getting brighter and brighter on every yeah. day, hopefully. So, yes. Uh, Amen. And, you know, I, I think yeah. it's really... It's a UV light. It's a view, the UV yeah. light. You should <laughs> right, actually... Uh, yeah, right. yeah. Kills all bacteria.
0: <laughs> and the planet.
1: Yeah, but, just be... Yeah. Ex- exactly. <laughs>
0: Kills everything.
1: Stick it in the right places. You'll be fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think it, I, you know no
1: no, no please
0: we, we
2: don't This, this our, is good. I should
1: check on this. Are we R Are we PG13? What are we talking about we here? Are what are I well, We are a hard
0: R. We are hard R. Not in not okay. in like a gross way, but you know, not gotcha. in a gratuitous way, but we okay, we welcome uh, authenticity. Freeform. Yep.
2: Free form. Yep. Okay, good. You know, don't hold back. There, there's no uh there's no editing. The only editing that we that we do is Inserting a trailer here, or a quote from a movie, nice. or something like that. So something fun, but I, just the fact that you, you're joining us, and, and it really means a lot to have you on the show. Um, it, it's it's kind of crazy to think about the fact that the '80s were <laughs> such a long time ago. But the reality <laughs> is, um, you know, you've you've had a long-standing history in Hollywood. Like you're you writing, directing, acting a little bit of everything, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, you know, journey. I, I've, yeah, you know, it was interesting. I, I've always loved story, you know, just, just story and storytelling and things like that. Uh, um, and the way that I kind of fell into it, I mean, I was an actor prior to the outsiders, which was my first movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I did a lot of stage and things like that in, in high school and, and in, uh, like, uh, uh, you know, theater there in the, in the local community in Texas and New Mexico and things. And, uh, it just kind of fell into it. You know, I had a couple of friends in this, in the acting, the drama club or whatever. And, uh, they needed a ride to an audition at the Hilton downtown in Albuquerque. And mm-hmm. I had a car, so I fit the bill and I took them and, uh, <laughs> Janet Hershenson came out into this, you know, this crazy, this crazy blonde haired, uh, Afro came out into the, uh, uh, <laughs> hallway and she looked at me and she said you know what y- you should come in too you should come in so i did and then uh ultimately i ended up getting getting called out to los angeles a couple of times and get, going flying to new york and it was just it was just very storybook the whole way that uh okay. i i you know got in through the door in hollywood and uh it's been good ever since i mean i i you know in it but not of it is kind of my thing you know yeah. i i i like it but i'm not I'm not going to be the guy you're going to see. You know, red carpets are awesome, but nah. You know, the, I, I, I'm just I'm just not the best at that. But but I do love storytelling, and that's where kind of where it all, especially the writing and directing now that I'm starting to do is is a real comfort zone for me.
0: I love it, uh, Darren. Let me ask you that that very first audition when you drove your friends yeah. down to Albuquerque, Albuquerque, are or are you still friends with those guys and how did that change the relationship <laughs> that, with
1: them? That, that changed quite a bit right, right away. Uh, um, you know what? I, I am good friends with the people that I spent time with in do, doing plays and things like that in high school. It was a really good little community group. Um, Facebook, you know, that's yeah. the thing ties us all together. Right. So, <laughs> I, and, uh, um, it, but it, it definitely changed the trajectory. I was, You know, I I I wasn't like the the total nerd in high school, but I certainly wasn't embraced as the guy or anything like that. Um, and uh, you know, it it definitely raised the rep a little bit. But were
0: were they annoyed? Were they mad? Were they jealous? Were they like you (laughs) going to LA and you're you know, see you guys, I'm going to see France Fort Cobalt. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah, have a nice day, have Uh, fun in social studies. I mean, that's that's uh, there is a lot of truth in that. Yeah. The, the interesting thing is, there was another another kid from a rival high school that I knew. Uh, when I say rival, they were like, you know, we 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 would take first and second in speech competitions and things like that. Yeah. And there was another kid that got the, that got the call to 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 take the flight to Los Angeles the first time, and he got the call. He got a call the morning of the plane ride saying, "Listen, we've seen everything we need to. You don't need to come out." Oh. And I was, and, and he called me oh. and I was like, uh, you know, uh, I was on, kind of going, oh, I'm waiting for my call, yeah, which didn't come. And I, you know, I got on the plane and still waiting for a call and then <laughs> got to, you know, got to, Zo- got to LA and came to Zootrope Studios and still was just waiting for them to say, you know, right. gotcha, go home. And, uh, and it didn't happen. So it was really, it, it was, it, like I said, I was, what, I was... 16, you know, I turned I turned 17 on the night of the New York auditions. Um, um yeah, there's some amazing. great pictures. This is not a visual medium where I'd show you guys the pictures. I mean, what's up? But uh, um yeah, the there's some great pictures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where the night that that it got it came to midnight that night. And the last the last night of the auditions for the outsiders was a kind of an interesting one. First off, the process of auditioning for the outsiders and and red dawn as well but definitely for the outsiders was different than your normal audition you know normally you get your 5 minutes you come into the room you know you 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 do your thing and then they say thank you and we'll call you and and uh, outsiders was much different they brought us all into a um into a sound stage. And when I say us all, I mean, everybody that I watched on television, you know, the Scott Bayos and the Mickey Rourkes and all these young, you know, Randy Quaid, all these people were there. I mean, that was the movie around
0: town, right? Like Francis was making this movie. Every young Hollywood member wanted to be a part of this movie.
1: Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I get onto the sound stage, Francis is blasting opera you know, and he's uh, <laughs> of course he is. it's it, yeah, it's just it, and and, he, and then he just kind of picks and chooses, OK, you you're going to get up and play this role or mm-hmm. we're going to improvise I. or whatever. Oh and and th- like I said, that happened twice. They flew me home and then I came back out they, and that happened again. And then the last one, when we flew to New York, they had narrowed it down to only one or two people for each role. And what? the trajectory was going to be that they would record the entire script we would sit around in a recording studio and they would record the entire script and each you know the two choices would read a half of the script and i was feeling pretty good about things at this point and i never yeah. really read the role that i got i always read the dallas role the matt Dillon role mm. and uh um they, they cut my you know killer eighties fro and everything and greased me back and stuff like that. And, Uh and, uh, and I get there and I'm thinking, this is, this is looking pretty good, Darren, man, you're looking, you're looking good here. Uh And then I, I look up the door opens and in walks Matt Dillon and I was like, well, this is over with, I'm done. I'm done. So this is like, he's, he's more, the most handsome thing I've ever seen in my life. So, uh, I, I, I just kind of, you know, we, we did the read through. And like I said, that night after we all finished the read through the, uh, as midnight struck, it was, it was late and, and Francis had set out for, uh, sarah lee cakes and they did a little you know happy birthday and stuff so it was great it was like 17th birthday with you know tom cruise and emilio and and c Mm -hmm. thomas and 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 you know quite a few other people that that didn't end up in the movie but uh um it was it was again you couldn't have written it better it was fantastic so
2: were, were you originally so you were never originally uh lined up to be randy you were considered right wow that's pretty cool
1: yeah, I read other things. I read, uh, you know, and and I, everybody read read different roles. There were only a couple of people that never really like like. See, Thomas never read anything but Pony Boy. I, I I think he was he, he he was just pretty much earmarked as Pony Boy from the start, right? Mm. Yeah, and pretty much Ralph the same with Johnny. You know, um, but uh, I read you know read a little Soda Pop and and read a lot of Dallas. I read a lot of the, you know, the uh, the. The drive-in scene mm. and things like that, and uh, uh, so wh- you know when I when I got the call about six weeks later, they said you know what happened is I was I went home and I thought well that's done and I can't wait to see this movie it'll be great to watch, and uh, um, and I I went home from the auditions and I was getting ready to go do like a melodrama play for 50 bucks a night. I was pretty excited. My parents showed up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, this is great. I'm going to go sign to do this melodrama. And my father said, well, I guess you won't be able to do the outsiders then. And I was like, what, you know? And, and then they <laughs> yeah. said, well, they offered you the role of Randy Anderson. And so I, you know, went back and grabbed the script and went through it and went, Oh, Randy, okay. Randy, this is, Randy, this is Randy, fantastic. Randy. <laughs> yeah. yeah Randy. Randy. He's a wait, <laughs> wait, that? wait. A yeah. uh, so sh really. But at the same time, you know, I really, I was, I, I'm very grateful for that role because it, it had a real, a, a lot of heart to it and things like that. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and obviously it was just, a, it wasn't Albuquerque, you know what I mean? It was like, I, I, I was out of Albuquerque.
2: Well, um, okay. So, so you, I'm going to get all, go all over the place a little bit here, but you re, you were living okay. in Albuquerque at the time then, right? yes okay yes. and so yes, yeah from from coming from now i'm from I'm very familiar with albuquerque and i spent a lot of time in taos new mexico and uh, worked on the pueblo and uh nice. had a history there but um albuquerque always no offense the you yeah there was, <laughs> it was like oh albuquerque okay so when you got out of there and yeah now you're in the, yeah forget the fact that you wanted to play dallas at one point or for dallas but you are a pivotal character in, in probably quite possibly one of the most memorable um, ensemble young people films of the 80s you know Absolutely. And, and it's yeah. it's yeah. so you, and you mention your name you mention your character people automatically know and and yeah. no offense, and I and I hope you take no offense of this because whenever I'd see you on screen and go, he looks a lot like Neil Sean to me from Journey. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have played as well as Neil; that would have been awesome. Well, right? Good thing Don't you... stop. Right. I love it.
2: But but you know, here you are in in this film that is it's a landmark film. It's it's a national treasure. I think it's even it's, I think it's even in the national treasury of. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if that, it is. It, it is right, yeah. and, and so you, you make this movie after you made this do the outsiders. I mean, were you considered like, were people clamoring for you? Oh, we got this movie for you. We got that movie for you. Have, talk a bit, a little no, bit. No,
1: you that. know, this is, I mean, the reality of it is, cause of of course, that's what you think. You know, yeah, like, yeah. You know I, I graduated from high school early because I went back to high school after filming and I graduated from high school early. I got in, a, got in the same car that I driven the, the guys to the uh, audition with, in and, uh, and and drove out to LA. And I knew nobody. I knew nobody. I was 17. Um, wow. you know, now when I look at because I because I, you know, I teach 17 year olds right now, when I look at them, I'm like, I would never let you go to LA by yourself. Mm, you right. know, but but uh but so I I get in a car, I come out, I don't really know anybody. And I, I it was it was a couple of years before Red Dawn. I did another movie in between the two, but yeah, I was, it was gonna say it was
2: yeah. Joy of it was sex. a minute. It was
1: <laughs> Martha Coolidge, you know, yeah. again, it's mm. just a,
0: oh,
2: yes. a
1: very fun movie. I think a movie that was originally written for Belushi and Aykroyd and, oh, really? uh, yeah. And then they, 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 uh, I think Paramount, I think that was Paramount. They, yep. they, they kind of gave it to Martha and she did it. And I met a lot of great people through that. I met Joanne Barron, who was later became my teacher out here through the Baron Brown studio awesome. and things. And, uh, yeah. And just, just, uh, you know, that, that was fun, but that was just a very brief thing. I did a lot of auditioning and, and the funny thing is, is like something, I got this job, I got uh, multiple jobs because you know, LA, but I was working in the mornings. I'd work really early in the mornings, like four in the morning till about 10 o'clock at a call center. And then, uh, I'd audition during the days. Mm-hmm. And then at night I worked in a great place. Um, I don't know. I don't know how old you guys are, but there's a, there used to be a place called the poster mat in Westwood okay. and uh, Westwood, California out here. And uh, um, it was that, it was one of those places that sold, you know, like the cool t-shirts and they'd press on the t-shirt oh, yeah, thing for you and stuff. But we, they had a candy counter with the gummy, everything and all that stuff. And I was working behind the candy counter when the outsiders opened at the national theater down yes. the street. Nice. Yes, So I would get people, you know, coming in and be like, okay, give me those jawbreakers and some gummy fish. And wait a minute. It's you. you tried to kill Johnny. You tried to kill Johnny, and yeah. uh, uh, so it, you know there was th- it That's wasn't funny. it wasn't cigars and sunglasses certainly not right away, and Red Dawn was the first thing that I kind of read afterwards uh, uh, that I that really kind of lit me up, and also it was the first um, audition experience that I had that was had some similarity to The Outsiders as far as you know finding this good ensemble cast and all that stuff. So you know they, they, there was a lot of similarities there.
0: Did you did you read specifically for the role of Daryl in Red Dawn?
1: Yes. Uh, when I met John Milius, um, uh John pretty much nailed me as Daryl right away. It's one of the it's one of the few times I've gone in that he basically said you've got the role. Mm. Um, you know, he 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 kind of smiled at me when I met him briefly, and then I did a screen test for them, and he just said, "You, you know, listen, you're you're the guy." And uh, so I, I, I uh, it, it was really an enjoyable experience because I got to help them to audition some of the other roles, especially the the Patrick Swayze role. Um, I did. I helped them do screen tests for. Uh, I think Charlie came in and read for the Patrick Swayze role first, mm. uh, for Jed, and then uh, uh, you know there was some some cool people that came in and read, and we 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 went through the you know read a couple scenes. They they had built a little you know like fire. Uh, You know, that we all sitting around the fire and they did a screen test for everybody. And afterwards, Milius, who is a character, right? Milius Mm. says to me, uh, after we auditioned, I don't know, maybe half a dozen people or something like that. He he comes up to me and he says, Darren, you're doing a great job. I'm going to give you more kills. I'm going to give you more kills, he says. I'm like, okay. And then I, the next time I got the script, I had a bigger role. So it was great. Oh, that's fantastic. great. Wow.
0: Our understanding of him is that he really just kind of like told it like it was and suffered no fools. And is, what, I mean, is man,
1: that really- I'll tell I mean, that's, 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 that's kind of uh, an understatement. Um, <laughs> he's uh, he, he was listened. I mean, as a as a as a 18 I guess it was 18 19 year old at the time uh, can you ask for a better gig to go play army with this oh, dude For really? you know, was like yeah. Yeah. and we did a we did a month of really intense training with a guy named John Early who was a, had more jumps into combat than anybody at the time and stuff like that and so we did all this guerrilla training and we were we you know we designed our own costumes basically throughout that process and cool. it was it it was so much fun. I mean, you know, I took a little flack. later on. People would say, you know, uh, like I I ran into a couple of directors. I'd get into the room with them, and they'd say, "What would make you do a movie like Red Dawn?" And mm-hmm. I'm like, "Machine guns? I I don't know. What do you what do you what do you want here?" What, it was, it what was, answer it was do a, you want? Really? Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I just listen. And to me, again, as a sto- as someone who loves story, Milius was a you know was a god to me. I mean, this is the guy that wrote jeremiah johnson he yeah. you know he he wrote Last he month. wrote apocalypse now i'm like uh, you know it was he was a, a blast to work with though just a blast i mean and like you said didn't suffer fools didn't mince any words i mean there were a couple of things uh, i'll tell you one there was one time in particular that's very funny that uh, that was always funny to me is you know he 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 cast us all we did all the training and things like that and uh and then he got us all out, uh, out. I don't know, just in the mountains of New Mexico at one point. And he says, "Men, you know." And of course, Leah and Jennifer oh, right. are here, <laughs> and, and, and yeah. And, and, and he's like, "Men, I didn't hire any pussies. Oh my god! So I don't want to talk. I don't want any more actor talk. We've got. <laughs> we we know who we're playing. We know what we're doing. Let's go. Let's go to war." And I was like, yeah. This is gonna be an experience right here.
3: This thing's got an arrow, it's po- it's uh it's pointing. It's uh Where? 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 Right here. Daryl. Where is it? God damn it! Where's the butt? They made me swallow it. Daryl, what have you done? I uh, went into uh, town. <laughs> it got caught! It- and we got caught! Why? Because you said we couldn't. You told him where we were, didn't you? You told him. My father turned me in. Oh, God, they did think you can't imagine. You son of a bitch! You want blindfolds? This isn't happening. This isn't happening. Just let him go! Shut up, Danny! He was one of us! Shut up! He told him where we were! He did. Now get your rifles. No. What did you say? I said no. We're not doing it. What's the difference, Jed? Huh? I'll do it. Shut up, Robert. Tell me what's the difference between us and them. Because we live here. Don't shoot! Don't shoot! Don't shoot, Jed!
2: It's it's real life GI Joe, you know. Mm. And
1: uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and we listen when you're 19, especially and Charlie and Tommy and myself, especially. We were kind of the three musketeers on it.
2: Totally.
1: You you, you psych yourself into this uh, this experience, and we would lay in our trailer and listen to the soundtrack for Apocalypse Now oh. and things like that. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, just really psych yourself out. You know there were there were times you know you he would put us in those spider holes for the spider hole ambush and he yeah. would he would put us in there for a, for a, an extended period oh, before goodness. as they prepped you know he would he would say okay well, get ready he'd put you you'd be kneeled down in that thing with a with a machine gun and he'd, you know they'd cover you up and you you'd be kneeling there for a while until you heard and this was very milious until you heard the machine gun that would signal action <laughs> wow, oh my god so <laughs> Slightly it was terrifying it, it, <laughs> Just, uh, you know, uh, at the same time, cool. again, it, uh, as long as I was on the right side, yeah. it was cool. you we're good.
2: Well, we had uh, watched this movie earlier in the year when the pandemic first hit. And and we recorded an episode not knowing we would be speaking to you today. And not knowing that we would have a future president in Joe Biden today.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so right. uh, it was, in in many ways, it was... It's the tonal shift is is really appropriate because Red Dawn is such a dark film and I think yes. it oftentimes gets forgotten how dark it is because it, it, it the folklore of it is oh, it's this rat pack action movie, but it's so much more deeper than that.
1: Yeah. And your character,
2: yeah. while on one hand is perceived as being this dick and traitor uh, and, and, and on the other hand, you're you're so torn, right? Between, yeah. Like, yeah. The, and and I think many people in that position, like, well, put yourself in your in your in Daryl's shoes, and what would you do? You know, and mm. yeah, and um, it's a really interesting dynamic because it's so yeah. it, it's so intense, and and the kids deliver. I don't think I've had seen so much emotion outside of Outsiders yeah. <laughs> um, by yeah, some right, kids right. in that in this movie.
1: And yeah, they, you know, the it, it's it's. You make a movie like this, especially, like I said, when you're younger and it's kind of, you're in this bubble of, of the experience and it does take all of your emotions. And of course, when you're 19 years old, you've got a lot to offer as far as emotional stuff goes, you know? So, but I think Millie is, you know, Millie is both, when I was first hired on to do the movie, it was called 10 Soldiers. Uh, It was a script by Kevin Reynolds and it was a much different script. It was, it was, you know, it was much more tragic I mean, I, I know it's tragic now, but the script itself was much more tragic. It wasn't as triumphant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Milius came in and that's one of the things he really tweaked. But I know that he was, you know, he had conversations with me regarding, you know, the character. And he wasn't, he, he was, he was uh, aware of the fact that he didn't want to make it, uh, you know, just a traitor. He wanted to make it somebody who was, you know, was conflicted. Yes. And uh, um, and he and I thought he did a good job of that. You know that uh, he 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 wrote that in there nicely and things. So, but I mean, you know, it, 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 I I love that he added that dimension to it. But at the same time, what he brought to it really kind of I don't I don't want to say propaganda. It's not you know it's no. not just that. No. It's it's like he made it you know a war film. I felt like I was in a John Ford film, you know, so that was fun.
2: That's a great, um, that's a great comparison because it definitely feels that way. It's an eighties version of that.
1: Yes. Yes, exactly. At the end of the
0: day though, it really feels like war is pointless and that it, you know, that's what the movie says to me, uh, really. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. And that, and that was, again, that was his take on it. You know, we would have a lot of uh, what we we called Wolverine meetings at the end of every day. And, and all of us would get together in the hotel rooms and chill out. And, uh, and, you know, yeah, tequila maybe and stuff like that. And uh, you know, uh, we would have a good time and, and John would be there in the middle of a kind of, you know, talking about the work the next day, re rewriting on some level, a lot of the time and, and giving us images from other movies saying like, well, I thought about this movie, you know, and I thought about this from the searchers and these other things and kind of, you know, really mm. helping us understand what he was trying to achieve. And it was a lot of fun. One, one very memorable uh, Wolverine meeting experience was, uh, Harry Dean because Harry Dean was phenomenal to work with. Right. Right. He played, uh, played the father and, uh, you know, me. that's right. Boys. He's the man. And well, he came to Santa Fe. He did the work. He had some friends in Santa Fe too, but we were, we were there working and, uh, he, you know, we had, a, it was Harry Dean's last day, you know, he got killed and things and we.
0: Oh, power just went out. He emailed.
3: Boys. Boys. Avenge me. Aven. Me.
0: Hello? Hello.
1: I don't think Harry Dean wanted me to tell that story. Yeah, real. Wow.
3: I'm Not sure. <laughs> yeah. You're like Harry Dean and sure.
1: some going?
0: prostitutes, and then the power. Went
1: Next out. question, <laughs> exactly.
0: Let's go back to joy of sex. No. Right.
2: Um. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh very man. Fortunous. Sorry about that. No, no, no. It's all good. It's it's the power. It's the. Uh, Yes. What, which, which we all have to deal with. Otherwise you'd be here in the studio with us. and
1: uh, Oh, that'd really be great. That'd wonder... be great.
2: Really quick. how did... So obviously uh, my buddy Trey Calloway was in The Outsiders, yeah. but um, and I don't want to get back to the Harry Dean story. Um, you guys, cool. are you guys still stay in contact?
1: Yes. Yes. I love Trey. Um, you know, I mean, he, it's, I, I teach now, uh, it just kind of happened. I, I I started with one class, and now I'm I, right now I'm up to four days a week uh, at a place called Loxa, the Los Angeles County High School of the Arts. Okay, and uh, it's a fa- it's the best arts program in the country, um, and it has a cinematic arts program that's fantastic. I teach uh, screenwriting and directing there. Cool. And uh, and one day this this guy comes in for one of the master classes, you know, this like television genius. And he starts talking about how he got his start in the outsiders. And I, you know, in the back of the room, of course went, no, you didn't. I know you. Yeah. And, and then he goes, uh, and, it, and it was Trey. I was like, of course. <laughs> once, you know, once I, once I realized who he was and, uh, and it's just such a good guy. He's, he's come in and spoken to the, to the kids a few times, um, you know this, this lockdown has changed teaching quite a bit, yes. And uh, um, one of the bright spots has been that we can have people you know step in and and uh, uh zoom in and, and give master classes pretty easily. So, we've had Trey uh, in a couple of times, and he's just just a fantastic guy. I, I, I love him so much. He's 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 a cool dude. So, I was happy to hook back up with him and uh, you know. That, I mean, like one of the one of the other socials is a doctor and stuff like that. I think we've we've all done pretty well for ourselves. <laughs> that, yeah, that's
2: that's that's so cool because yeah. For those that don't know, Trey Calloway is phenomenal writer of I mean a myriad of television thing, things. Uh, yes, CSI, showrunner, very, showrunner, and yeah. um, and so it's it's and he had this minuscule role in The Outsiders, but holds it like a badge of courage. And uh, yes, and and. They have at the original house, right, in Oklahoma, they have the, uh, they have like conventions there, not a convention, but like a meet and greets or.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, this is the thing, because I was involved in kind of helping them to make that happen. Um, Oh, cool. I I did another, I sat down for another, you know, uh, internet kind of podcast with a, with a gentleman named Danny O'Connor, right? Danny Boy O'Connor. He's, he was one of the three founding members of, uh, of House of Pain, Right, oh, jump around, oh. jump oh, around, yeah. and, right, and he's a big, big '80s fan, uh, yeah. and and uh, um, he's got a a group called Delta Bravo that yes. goes around and takes takes pictures, right? And they're great. Uh, I did it; uh, they're great. I did his podcast and met him, and Nako Nolan is kind of his sidekick on the podcast, and and they were fantastic. And uh, about uh, like I had uh, Susie Hinton called in during the podcast and stuff. It was great. Wow. And, uh, uh, I think Susie's on the phone right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, uh <laughs> um, but anyway, so about, I don't know, maybe a couple of years later, I get a call from Danny and he says, I, I went and I bought the outsider's house. You know, I bought, he bought the house <laughs> wow. that, that the, the, the Curtis brothers lived in and it was a tear down. It was, it was condemned basically at the time. Oh and, uh, Um, and they, they did an amazing job, took an, you know, we've done fundraisers and different things there in Tulsa and they've restored it to look exactly the way it was in the movie. And, uh, um, and it was a great process because it was like, you know, they, like they stripped away some of the walls and I could show them, well, this is where Francis Coppola cut away the the wall so he could do the tracking shot of coming from inside to the outside of the house and stuff like that. That's wild. And, uh, yeah. It's and they do they do guided tours because all of the, uh, you know, uh, the majority of the uh, uh, locations are right there around the house. You know, the park where the fountain was and Johnny's house and, you know, the 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 park where the rumble happened and things like that. So they do these cool guided tours. And I went back and, and helped them do a couple of tours uh, like about a year ago and they just opened the house up. It's amazing. If you ever get to Tulsa, it's, a, it's one of the things you got to check out.
2: Yeah, because I know Trey had gone back for one of their events and and, and took pictures yep. with fans and whatnot, and, and I just thought, wow, what a cool what a, I, I love that. You know, um, you think about iconic '80s homes like the house in A Christmas Story, or obviously yeah. the house in Goonies, and yeah. and and the fact that you know, I know the house in Goonies, the, those people are like, you know, don't take pictures or whatever. They're kind of a little bit more hesitant because I think. People just live in that house, but uh, right. But the, the, this, is a, this is a landmark, and and it is. I know every kid, and I'm sure, uh, you know, growing up that this was it was required reading in elementary school, like I think sixth grade or fifth grade. Uh, I I yeah. was a teacher for many years, and I still work with kids, and and occasionally I'll have a middle school student or a, or a sixth grader bring out the outside. Oh, I'll have to read this book for my. School project or what? And I'm like, no, you're you are lucky, dude. This <laughs> the kids is, you're yeah. tutoring now, yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids I work with, and it's the yeah. kids I tutor, and they're, and they're they're like, is this any good? I'm like, well, let me tell you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's the love it continues to get is amazing to me. I mean, that's why it was such a pleasure to be in it because you know, here, what are we? 30, 35 years later, it still gets the same amount of love. And, and, you know, the parents pass it down to their kids and, Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I'll, you know, I'll go speak to high school classes every once in a while. I know, you know, a couple, not long ago, uh, C. Thomas and I went to Austin and spoke to a class and uh, you know, so it's, 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 you get, you just get continual love from that movie. It was a great, great film.
3: No jazz before the rumble, you know the rules they face. We know. I want to talk to you. Go ahead, I'll keep my eye on him. Come on. What about you in the paper. Oh, How come? Yeah. I don't know. i like playing a superhero or something. I wouldn't have. You wouldn't have what? <laughs> I would have let those little kids burn to death. Might not have. Might have done the same thing. I don't know. Just don't know anything anymore, I guess. I just would have never believed a greaser could pull something like that. Greaser didn't have nothing to do with it. Check... check out their pants. I'm talking inside. Couldn't tell this to anyone else. My friends, they'd think I was off my rocker or something. You know, that that friend of yours, the one that got burned, he might die? Yeah. And tonight, people get hurt in rooms, maybe even killed, right? You can't win. You know that, don't you? It doesn't matter if you whip us, you'll still be where you were before, at the bottom. And we'll still be the lucky ones at the top with all the breaks. It doesn't matter. And greasers will still be greasers, and Socials will still be socias. It doesn't matter. Well, anyway, thanks, Grease. Hey, I didn't mean that. I meant thanks, kid. Been nice talking to you, Randy. My name's Pony Boy. You're still really tight
2: with C. Thomas, then, right? You guys. Are yeah. Obviously can't George shake Thomas. him. I can't <laughs> yeah.
1: shake him.
0: You've been through so much together. You know, I feel like once you come out of Red Dawn, yeah. coming out of the fox Once, you, once you've yeah. killed somebody
1: yeah. on a mesa, yeah. you know you're tight. Right. You're it's... tight. I think that's a yeah. lot. No, yeah. he's a good guy. And we're still continuing to work together. We actually have a project that uh, that I wrote that he's directing uh, you know, depending on what happens here with the uh with the the pandemic and situation. That that's early next uh, early next year. Oh, fantastic. And uh, um and, and then I'm I'm writing another project that he's uh that he's excited about and stuff. So we we work together a lot. He's he's a good guy. He's I mean I, l- listen, when I did The Outsiders with him, I, he was a punk, and I was like, "Who is this kid?" You know, he he was just somebody that was stealing the cereal from me on, uh, uh, you know, from from craft service. But when we kind of read Red Dawn, it kind of came together, uh, and we we were roommates after that, and we've been really strong friends ever since. He's he's pretty much a brother.
2: Well, I think your two characters specifically have two of the biggest arcs in that film. Uh, you ob- obviously yeah. go one way, and he goes the other way, but. But both in this this pan, everyone's panic stricken. Um, but yeah. it's really interesting, and I, I think it's great that you guys still have this long relationship. And you know, you were in the land that time forgot together. So, uh.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. And you know, it's funny because he's you, you know I I tried to drown him. That's admittedly I tried to drown him in the first movie. He has killed me so many times since that movie that it's like it's not even funny. And and so we did some we did some movies uh, like the land that time forgot. We did with a with a the no, the notorious uh, global asylum right who did shark nato oh
3: yes and
1: uh, we had a blast doing uh, i don't know four or five movies for them and there was one movie in particular where and cuz i was writing all of them and i wrote it so that i would finally i would finally get to kill him right i would get to kill him <laughs> this is awesome. and somehow by the end of the movie i wasn't killing him you know <laughs> i think i probably ended up dying i don't know how that works so but uh, did you also yeah, a good guy.
0: direct that movie
1: no, no, no! Oh, okay. I didn't,
0: I didn't. So that uh, the, that, the that first would track. Then why, why suddenly? Yes. you weren't. <laughs> like, I well, because he directed it. That's direct the thing. That. He directed, he directed it. it. So it's like exactly. I'm in control. Exactly. Yep. I'm in control. Yeah. That's yeah. really funny. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I can't. Got a script change. I want to run by it, Aaron. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Remember yeah. when you, you kill me? No, you don't do that anymore.
1: <laughs> when you're gonna, you
0: know, yeah, you exactly. Always bring up the, the
1: dinosaur's gonna bite you in half. <laughs> but wait, I'm supposed to kill you, and I'm gonna kill you in the next scene. He's like, Nah, no, nah. That's not gonna happen.
0: I was gonna
2: say he <laughs> he also dragged you into Soul Man too, so uh, you know there's a whole other issue.
1: But <laughs> yeah, that's a whole that's a that's a, that's that's another podcast. Well, but uh, you, um, well,
2: you know, we actually had Ari Gross on a few a few weeks back, and and we talked about Soul Ari. Man with him. And yeah, well, Ari's fantastic. fantastic. And, and and we talked about how you know the, the, that film was way misrep mis- way misrepresented, and in just in, in especially in the marketing, um, yeah. and just kind of. You know, obviously, wouldn't be made today. Or if it was, it would just would have a totally different look to it. Um, but yeah. I think it had a lot more going on other than what, how it was promoted. Uh, you know, to yeah. the masses. Well, I think it,
1: that was its original. You know, I think that was its original. Uh, you know, I, the the idea behind it, it did have that kind of you know that that sensibility. Yeah, uh, I think the hard thing is like as things grow and 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 as the as the world changes, you kind of have to go. Yeah, that's not quite. You know, that's not quite politically correct anymore. But but the cool thing about that movie and that period of time is that was when Tommy and I were roommates. And so anytime he would get a job or I would get a job, we'd pop up, you know, on the set. And, you know, I was doing a TV show for NBC at the time. And I remember wow. uh, I got him to stand next to me and I gave him a high five, like in one scene in, in a, in a, in like a, <laughs> at a, in a football game or something like that. And we would just kind of, you know, and Soul Man was the same way. He said, come down, we're going to play basketball today. And I came down there with he and Steve Miner and, and put on some shorts and played a little basketball. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, but, uh, Are you talking about the TV was show,
2: a, The Best Times?
1: Best times. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which was, you know, again, a great, you know, great, uh, the, the, the writers that did Lou Grant the, and yeah. just had some really great people on it and a, a, a fun time, but, uh, short lived, short lived.
0: Um, you were telling a Harry Stanton story uh, earlier. Yes. We did want to circle back to you. Yes,
2: absolutely. Sorry. I okay. Good. Derailed well, with. Seat uh, so this is
1: what I, Exactly. Exactly. Before. And I'll try this again, but if the power goes yeah, out yeah, then I'm not going back yeah, into it, no. just so you know, <laughs> Deal. um, uh, and it could be worse. I don't even, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm a little, I'm on the edge of my seat. Um, uh, <laughs> but we had this big send off for Harry Dean. Like I said, we were, you know, we got, we got a little inebriated and we had a great time and it was, a. uh, uh, had a party. And then the next day we had, we all had to go to work and he was supposed to get on a plane and go home. And uh, we came dragging in at the end of the day, you know, covered in blood and mud and things like that. And then, and there was Harry Dean in the hotel. And uh, we said, you know, what happened? And he said, well, I had such a good time. I, I'm going to stick around. So he stuck oh, around yeah. for like a couple more weeks because the Wolverine weeks? meetings, you didn't want to miss those. <laughs> yeah. He just, he just hung out in Santa Fe for a while. <laughs> Just wow. a great, a great character who I I got to know better in in the later years and things like that, and got to you know uh, go to a lot of his bands performances and things like that, and, and he would come over to to uh, my my uh, my wife and I's house, my ex wife's and I's house, and uh, parties, and we'd have so much fun. Just a great, great character. Yeah, he's really actually fantastic. a lot more
2: dynamic than I think people oftentimes. Um, know him of they think of like pretty and pink yeah. or repo man but he's but he's a, a, an artist a true artist in the sense that yes. like he's a musician and and and, and uh, well and,
1: and for me it was because my one of my favorite movies of all time is cool hand luke oh right yeah. so yes, so i and and so i always remember him cool hand luke playing the guitar and you know being that 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 dude and and so i was in awe of the guy and uh you know he was but but again that was the the general feeling of that movie was so together we were all so together it was very familial feeling in that movie and uh uh that that's one of the things that really stuck with me all these years later I still look at it I I think of it very warmly in that way you know what I mean
2: well I think it's cool he obviously uh was in awe of you guys if he stuck around for a couple more weeks afterwards just to hang with the crew
1: well you know the liquor was cheap it was good
2: (laughs) well yeah that'll always draw you in you know so yes yes I, I do want to jump a little bit ahead though uh to okay. talk about some of the projects you're working on now, because, uh, yeah. I, and I wanted to know you're working on the lurking fear, right? Is that yes. something that's still in yeah. development or?
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's something I directed, uh, not last summer, but the summer before. And, and then we were, we were due to do some pickups and things like that to finish it out. And, and, uh, and March came. And mm-hmm. so that's, it's, it's a, in a little bit of limbo on that level. It was a big learning experience for me. It was a giant undertaking. Uh, we shot in a, in Jacksonville, Florida, in a, uh, a really decrepit, uh, abandoned, uh, I think it was a public school, but it, it looked like an asylum. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, it, it was a lot of fun, some great cast, uh, members and, yeah, and things like, well, mm-hmm. speaking of Goonies, right there, yeah. there you go. Yeah, right. And, uh, um, uh, so, so, I look forward to it. I don't know. It's kind of, you know, you get, you get farther away from things. It's, it's kind of hard to pick them back up again. It's hard.
2: Are you, are you a uh, fan of that genre or, uh, is it,
1: I love horror. I do. I love horror. And it's like, uh, I I'm a big fan. It's an HP Lovecraft, uh, adaptation. Right. And so I had uh, read the original HP Lovecraft and then, uh, and thought that I could apply this to a modern day setting. And so I adapted it, I don't know, a few years ago. And then someone, a a producer named Michael Tadros, who picked it up uh, and had kind of fell in love with it, really stuck with it for a few years and then said, you know, you should direct it. And, and it was, I I learned a lot. And one of the things that I learned more than anything was that I really do like uh, directing. So I'll be doing that again.
2: That's awesome. 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 What what are, what are some of your favorite horror films? Just curious.
1: Man, I mean, I, I have so many, but I, I, I'm a big fan of, like, The Descent. Oh, no, uh, no. You cave. know? I, I, Modern War, I, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and, and I mean, I'm, uh, listen, I'm a big fan of of Carpenter's The Thing, you oh. know, his version of The Thing. Of course, yeah. Uh, you know, I was just talking to somebody about this the, uh, not long ago. Uh, um, the last time I saw that movie was at the Hollywood Forever screenings, you know, there, yeah. where you have them in the, gra- the graveyard. I was there. And, and, I was there. Yeah, oh, that's uh, there. You go, right? You were probably the guy that I couldn't see over. I was like, come on, you know, sit down, <laughs> sit down.
2: I was the guy who's like, hey, you look like Neil Sean. No, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> shut up, yeah, Neil exactly. Sean. I'll
0: sit where I want to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I'm, I, 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 I do love that genre. It's yeah. not, it's, it's, uh, it's not something that I, it's not my normal wheelhouse that I would maybe write in, yeah. but, uh, but I did, I did enjoy that, uh, I did enjoy writing that script. It was a good one.
2: The Descent, by the way, is 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 fantastic. I love that movie. And um, yeah. in, in, in HP HP Lovecraft is kind of hot right now with the Lovecraft series on HBO. Um, so yeah, right,
1: Lovecraft Country. I I agree. I, I mean, I, I've always liked the stuff that was a little you know I, like I liked the others. Okay. and i like i really liked the the that recent not not long ago the netflix series the haunting of hill house i thought that was yeah. phenomenal um you know so uh it, it, it's it's a genre that i just think you can say you can say a lot it's a good good genre for social commentary and this this movie has a certain social commentary because it's it basically portrays this almost cannibalistic culture that lives underground mm. and you know for me they were kind of like the 99% you know what i mean like they just eat it was an eat the rich type of thing
0: yeah no totally. doubt totally uh, just a quick quick story about the descent personal story my wife and i first and last time we were ever in buffalo new york not that i you know i don't particularly hate buffalo but there was just not much (laughs) going on and we were downtown we were there for a wedding and we're like what's going on there's nothing going on in downtown it's like august it should be hopping you know where's the hoppiness and we go and there's a movie theater it's playing the descent and we go in and we buy some popcorn and the the person who who you know sells the popcorn says would you like me to start the movie now we're like oh are there are there no more, no more people? Like, um, No, that's it. So we just – the two of us sit down in this theater that holds like 60 people – and the sound comes on and it's like playing out of like desktop speakers oh, on the floor. <laughs> and it's like, and I'm like, this is terrible. And it totally like, you know, it takes you out of the movie because, yeah, of course. you know, the audio isn't surrounding you. <laughs> and I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this. And so the movie, That's... you know, the movie landed a little, a little weak uh, oh, to me. Yeah. Right. And yeah.
1: And you never went back to Buffalo. Never went back. I, get I, back, I get
0: it. I get it. I back uh, to Buffalo can... because of that. So, have, I, I
1: completely thanks. understand thanks
0: for indulging me guys sorry that's it yeah. <laughs> well that, yeah. that
2: that's cause for yeah. rewatch. so uh, it is because it it's is. very yes. anxiety inducing It is. And
0: yeah no i didn't yeah, i felt anxiety because like where's the sound
3: yeah
1: <laughs> the Fry great speech. guy and a great movie i loved yeah. Yeah, i love dog soldiers you know oh, which was yeah. his neil know, the gordon movie he did. or neil marshall? Yeah, neil marshall yeah yeah neil marshall and uh, uh that was the movie he did before that right so um but Uh, Anyway, I, I, I love the horror genre, uh, you know, the lot, the, the, the place where I teach Loxa, um, they just did a cinematic, uh, they call it cinema scare night. They have four major festivals and they did cinema scare night and it's all centered around writing the horror stuff. And so I've been doing a lot of horror writing teaching right now. So so just just wrapping that up.
2: Well, it's, it's, you were saying that it's, it wasn't necessarily what you, what you were initially were getting into what initially kind of drew you into writing.
1: I mean, I was I was such a big reader when I was younger. You know, when I was a kid, when I discovered reading, it altered my existence. You know what I mean? And we, I, I grew up in a very small town uh, in Wyoming, and uh, so the the library kind of held everything for me, and uh, you know, it just my love for writing kind of grew out of my love for reading and uh you know the way that I kind of got into it in film it's inter- the, the funny thing is is when I got you know when I took those guys to the audition for the outsiders and I and, and they said you should come in I they they said you need a resume you need to write a resume and so I wrote up a resume on like a ring you know three ring binder type <laughs> stuff yeah exactly <laughs> basically basically right and of course it was all just bullshit because I mean I I didn't yeah. I hadn't done anything right. I you be. know I wrote down yeah. oh you know Romeo and Juliet in English class what yeah. and 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 but but I made up a bunch of stuff and one of the things that I wrote you know special skills was screenwriting I'd never written a screenplay in my life at that point but it was you know I look back on that sometimes now stapled to the Polaroid that I took and yes. say okay well that was always something where I wanted to be and it, awesome. it it just happened that I was I you know as I was going along I started I, there was one project in particular where I did a little bit of rewriting for somebody and then they they basically said you you know you should come on and, and do some, and do some more writing. And it just grew. It just grew to something that I really love to do. So it's, it's, it's really where I live now. I love it.
2: I think that's beautiful that you, you're obviously doing what you love. And, uh, we've had quite a few people on here that talk about that, that, that they're doing what they love and it's not easy it's never easy. It's no. not supposed to be easy. Um, but, but if you, plus when you got
1: kids, you know how it is. They want to eat every day. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you know what, what sometimes what you love doesn't yeah. pay enough to yeah. feed them all yeah. the time, you right? know, and stuff like that. But, uh, but no, it's, it's, it's true. I, am I'm, I'm extremely fortunate that, uh, you know, not only that I I found a way into this business, but that it's, it's continued to embrace me on, on certain levels. It's great.
2: What, 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 what do you tell your students? And as far as, uh, you know, cause I'm, I'm sure you get a lot of students thinking, oh, I want to be the next, you know, so-and-so <laughs> and like, what do you tell them? What kind of advice do you give them?
1: You know, I mean, I, I, I tell them, I really push them to suck. You know what I mean? I say, yeah. listen, you know, you, you need to really be terrible. And, and go through that and, and don't, you know, don't try to be Spielberg because you're not there yet. Yeah. And that's a, you know, like, like, like when we start getting into the sections where we're writing television or something like that, you know, I, I say to them, listen, I, I understand you want to write stranger things now, but there's a stairway and stranger things is like up on the 10th floor. Right. Yeah, so right. you got to go through a lot of the steps before you get there. And, and, and a lot of that is just doing, you know, just, just practicing, practicing what you're doing. And, uh, so, so I, I think it, you know, on some level uh, they, they probably look at me and go, well, yeah, well, you know, when you were our age, because I was, when I was 16, you know, Francis Coppola came and like stuck you in the middle of it. Like, so you, you know, you, you got a little bit of a head start, which is true, but at the same time, you know, there's no, there's no shortcut to, um, you know, to, to really being good at what you love. That's the thing. You can love it. You can love it, but you know, you gotta be, uh, especially as a writer, you gotta be willing to just do terrible work. You know, um, I always tell them you can't fix a blank page, but you can fix a bad script. So Mm -hmm. just go write a bad script, you know, do it. And, uh, and, 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 you know, they surprised me. Listen, I, I, you, you said you were a teacher as well, right? I I find it to be one of the most rewarding, amazing things I've ever kind of, on some level, like the outsiders. I kind of fell into it, you know. Yeah. It just it, it the, the opportunity opened up, and then it continued to invite me to do more of it. And uh, I I really, they inspire me. You know what I mean? They they remind me That's of right. what the reason that I was you know that I was excited to do things when I was younger. And uh, uh, it's it's a I think it's a real blessing to do it is.
2: Yeah, it's a magical thing. I used to teach um, yeah. uh, kindergarten, and then I was doing a school of oh rock my class. God. Yeah, I, I had, uh, I had, you know, Trey's kids, well, one of his sons in my class when he was five, obviously, and now he's like right. 17 or 18 right. going to right. uh, Northwestern, which is a trip. But, um, uh, wow. yeah, you think about, like, how much time has passed, or I, I, I taught him. I did a school of rock class with these little kids, and, and meanwhile, like, who's going to be the next – Big and who's going to be the next Eddie Van Halen or who's going to be the next uh, you know David Lee Roth or whatever and hopefully not David Lee Roth but uh, you know what I'm saying like the idea is like these kids you're you're influential in their lives whether you know it whether whether you know it or not you are and you're having a big hand in that and it's a beautiful thing um, because you're seeing it right there and now obviously as a parent you're seeing that even more so you know even if your son's playing Minecraft it's like still you're engaging with him and the fact that you have this opportunity to to see this being grow with your influence. is pretty remarkable. And I think yeah. that shouldn't be taken for granted at all. Um,
1: no, I agree. I agree. And, and at it locks, it's an interesting thing cause it's, you know, it isn't in, it is in Hollywood. So it's got a lot of like, like last year I taught screenwriting to Roxy Sorkin. I'm oh, like, oh, yeah. wait a minute. So Sorkin, I'm going to teach you Sorkin. screenwriting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And you know, like Bill, one of Bill Macy's daughters went there, and and uh, so so it. uh yeah. You know, they these are kids that that I mean, it's a program that really is on a college level as far as the equipment and things that they well they would normally have to to be able to work their films with and stuff. So it's really a it's a pleasure to be a part of it. Great faculty and stuff like that. Too. That's really so.
2: cool. It, it's funny. You, you yeah. just, you just jarred a memory of me. I was doing, because uh, Dustin and I both do voice acting and I was giving nice. a, a, um, I was at a summer camp doing a thing with young people about voice acting. And, the, and one of the kids was like, what's your favorite voice to do? You know? And I was just doing my impressions of things I've, admired on television or just movies. bart
0: simpson yeah right. like, uh, come on man. Yeah. so uh
2: i start i start doing uh i said well, well what what voices do you guys like you know and then one of the kids is like do batman do batman because batman lego movie had just come out so i did my bad uh, batman Im- impression and one of the kids hands in the back goes up and he goes that's my dad and i go your dad's batman and he goes yeah my dad's batman will arnett <laughs> he's batman <laughs> and i go oh i said yeah. how did yeah. i how did i do it he goes that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, All right, cool.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anyways, um, you're my dad uh, now. Awesome. Yeah. I was gonna Is say, good? Yeah. I was gonna say, Darren. Uh, you know, obviously, you wouldn't be on our show if it wasn't for our good buddy Peter Hackman. Um, he's a dear friend of ours, and and has, nice. Has, uh, and we met him through our uh, Vince DiCola, who's an amazing composer and musician, world renowned, right. in my opinion. But um it really means so much that you came on our show and like, <laughs> talk. Talked about everything that we did today. It was fantastic.
1: I love it. I love it. Listen, I was I, I uh, again. I it, talking about those movies. The you know and 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 that era. That era of movies was just so. It was so things were so good. It's our you favorite. Know? And, and I know, like we mentioned, blockbuster. Yeah. You know, the pre-blockbuster, if you remember, was you know, they had all these shelves that they had to fill with videotapes and it was awesome because they were just making movies left and right. Yeah, You know, it's like they, they had to fill these shelves. Blockbuster came along kind of curbed that a little bit because they were like, well, I'm going to take these sections and and 18 of them are going to be, you know, Mission Impossible 8, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, so that it dropped a little bit, you know, but, uh but that era of movies was just so enjoyable, man. It was, it was, it, you know, Uh, it it has a wonderful, warm place in my heart, not only as a, as someone who was in the movies, but someone who watched the movies. I loved it. So I appreciate the podcast. I dig it. Well, I think we have,
2: that's one of the reasons why we do this is we want to remind people of that nostalgic love. And also it's, it's not the fact that we don't look at you and go, Oh, you were this guy in the eighties. No, you, you have had quite a career. It's just such a memorable time. Like you said, it's such a a loving time for us. So we look back and go, Oh man. That gives us all the feels, and that's, that's all we we're do trying it. to do. Yeah, yeah. bring some joy it. to yeah. people's lives.
1: Well, you're you're kicking its ass. I love it. Well, thanks. <laughs> but uh, keep be, be keep, f- keep going.
2: Oh, weird. well, that's that's the plan, right, Dustin?
0: Keep so, it going, <laughs> grow it, <laughs> expand it. Well, Darren,
2: awesome, uh, this has really been a treat, and want to thank you again. And hopefully, we can do this again and be in person. Um, Anytime. Anytime.
1: And the next time that Tommy and I are together, I'll, I'll uh, you know, that we're in the same room, I'll kind of, maybe I'll give you guys a shout out and we can do something quickly oh, or something that like that. That'd
2: be cool, you know, actually, would, that would be great if we had the two of you guys and you just swap stories about being in the 80s and yeah. or whatever. wild whatever times. Whatever you guys want to do, yeah.
0: really. We're, we're at yes. your, you know, we're, we're open exactly. and receptive to whatever. And Darren... Uh, I, I, I'll do it. We'll eat some bugs together. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. That's right. Yeah.
1: Eat some bugs. Try to drown yeah. some yeah. greasers. It'll be fun. Yeah. Drink
0: some tequila. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> I want to wish you guys the best of luck with it and everything like that. And thanks for reaching out.
2: Absolutely. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so
0: much. Okay. Take care. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... What,
2: is it five-star rating? <laughs> <laughs>